episode 190 Hellabass podcast today. We're going retro. None of this front facing, none of this new stuff. We're talking about old school tackle, old school lures, the cool, fun stuff that got us into fishing back in the day. Hope you enjoy this. If you want to check out the visuals, maybe check it out on YouTube. But Retro Bassin joins Hellabass, and we go old school. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right. In today's day and age where everything's about front-facing sonar and new technologies and all this graph, sometimes you just got to throw it back old school and get a little bit retro. Let's 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 talk about a lot of the things that we fell in love with the sport of bass fishing. And what does it really mean to be retro? What is retro these days at this point? And uh, I don't know, no better to answer that question than retro Bassin himself. <laughs> what is going on, Rich? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? <laughs> Doing all right. Doing all right. <sighs> yeah, that is uh, that is the million dollar question is what is retro? And I was kind of thinking about it. I think it's a little bit of a moving target. It's kind of funny, but the things that you and I consider retro, some of the older guys consider new school. And the things that, you know, at, at some point, you know, Guggen baits are going to be uh, on, you know, a new version of retro bass. And so right, like if they discontinue a bandito <laughs> bug color, is that retro now? I don't know. But technically, yes. Technically, yes. So I guess at its roots, what it, what is the definition? I, I think to me, it is ultimately something that sort of brings you back to those core fishing memories that you had whenever that yeah. was. Um, sure. So a retro bait honestly could still be a bait that's available today. You know, maybe you caught a fish on a man's jelly worm. Um, they still make them, but I still consider that kind of retro. So, right. so I guess it's really a bit of a moving target for me. It's more sort of about that nostalgia back before, you know, um, we had electronics that cost more than my boat, you know? <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So tonight, Telebass Live, as always, presented by Arsenal Fishing, boosted by Powerhouse Lithium. Uh, and tonight, later on tonight, towards the end of the show, we are going to finally dry the, draw the Hella Games giveaway for the 16-volt, 48-amp-hour Powerhouse Lithium Charger Bundle. So for those of you that are still in the running, that is happening tonight. I got it ready. But we're going to talk some retro baits first and have some fun and probably almost no live scope talk tonight just uh baits and 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 cool stuff and probably bring back some memories and some nostalgia for some people and maybe turn some some things that they didn't know about that they might think that's cool that they might want to get into <laughs> i don't know actually if i could use a live scope but i do have a tom man super sixter uh, super 60 flasher as my primary uh depth sounder on the old retro wagon nice. so <laughs> uh do you have the color selector all right, I was going to save this, but I do have the color selector. And for folks who don't know what that is, so there was a biologist out of, um, I think he was, I'm trying to think he was Oklahoma or Arkansas, but his name was Dr. Lauren Hill. And he did a study with some largemouth bass in a fish tank. And he painted crayfish different colors and figured out which crayfish got eaten under different 
sort of light water clarity conditions. And through that, it came up with the, the color selector, which if you, you know, you remember fishing in the 1990s, late 80s, there were, it's kind of funny, but there were only like five different colors of color selector. It was either like flow orange, flow green, flow blue, purple, yellow. And, you know, you dip that thing in and it would tell you which color lore to pick. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then there's actually a couple couple brands of baits that actually like did it and like they had like they'd be like right they'd say color selector on the i don't remember which ones it were but i feel like there was a few crankbaits that actually came out right like in those colors see i i feel like you, you almost set me up for this one so they actually had full kits like this okay. a color selector kit where you had a tackle box and you could actually pick different color selector lures i'll pull out a few of these so you can see and the crazy and part was individually, like you could get a medium oh, diving yeah. crankbait and color selector blue or something like that. Oh, hundred percent. So for example, if you really needed a Zara spook in a chartreuse with a black back, they had that. Or if they were hitting on a flow orange head and tiny torpedo, they had that. But the funny part was every color they came up with. <laughs> there you go. I feel like this wiggle wart matches I think that, that wiggle wart would do it. But every color they came up with was the most unnatural color. So there's no like green pumpkin. It's like, no, no, it's either flow green, flow orange. Let's see. Yeah. The blue. Yeah. And Black then, and blue. And then this cool purple. And that was, uh, I love that. But then what they also had, and this is pretty wild, but if you didn't have all those colored baits, they also sold these which were unpainted lures. Yes. Yeah. And in the kit, you had markers. So you could be on the water, you could test your color selector, figure out that they needed a flow orange, um, you know, rattle trap, and you could color it in real time. Bring it back. I know. I know. It was, but there was a time though when in Bass Pro Shops, they had like full page spreads dedicated to the color selector. So it was, you know, I remember Roland Martin using it back in the day, and you know, I don't think he still has one on his boat. But, but yeah, <laughs> I remember a guy in my in my basketball back in the day had one, and he was at least for a couple seasons was pretty committed to it. And and did it work? I mean, at times, I mean, it's like anything else, right? I, I, to do it scientifically, it's really difficult because obviously, as soon as you lean into something you're changing right like once you right just like moon phases like if you go to your best spot when it's moon under a foot or overhead or peak feeding time you're changing the bias already right so it's really difficult um so i mean whether there's some correlations and some successes sure i don't know if you could say that it really worked yeah right <laughs> well it's not around i can tell you that <laughs> actually it might still be they might still make it but it's not to the degree where lures and lure makers are putting out color selector packs like they used to but no that was um that was a good gimmick bait and that was kind of the funny thing about retro is there's a lot of stuff that went away and then there's some stuff that went away and came back um so remember this one so remember this yeah. bait this the, is kind of how they're from our era they have Derricasso. you ever caught a fish on this i don't think so i was I, I remember having a couple of them and being wildly underwhelmed of the action when fishing them I had such high hopes for this thing in 1991. I remember I was like, man, this is, I'm not going to miss any more fish. And it's going to have like the sluggo action. And 
first off, you're going to fish anywhere where you would fish a soft plastic jerk bait with two sets of treble hooks. So that's problem number one. And then problem number two is it just didn't have the action. <laughs> but it's a good looking bait. And again, it was a head. And so it was like a reputable, you know, company that came out with it. But yeah, that was the, the short lived hard soft plastic jerk bait of the Zaragoza. I wonder now and today where like we target like on Herring Lakes, if you like speed reeled it and it was just kind of like like in that situation i could see maybe it being something like almost like a like using it more like speed burning a sabil swimmer type thing would that trigger a bite man you got me thinking it might actually that might be the deal because you're right but as a jerk bait it just didn't have the sink but it's got that sort of a planing head there so it actually would be a good quarter bait to burn interesting So trying to think what else. So so that was another one from Hedden. All right, you remember this one? Oh, color selector. Alan's chance that I had a color selector stolen on my truck. That's a bummer. <laughs> you like music says I used to have a used to straight crank a lucky 13, caught his biggest striper on it. He said he can't find the color scheme anymore. It was a uh, dark green with scale pattern and white belly. Well, and that was it too. It's kind of funny, but a lot of times I think the way that we fished lures when we were kids, we just didn't know any better. So I think one of the first bass I caught was on this bait, an old um, Fred Arbogast old popper. Yep. It's a pretty sweet color, by the way. Almost looks like a live target or something. And I didn't know how to fish it. So I actually just cast this thing out and reeled it in. And that's how I was catching my fish. It was kind of like bubbling like a, like an offshore trolling lure almost. And crawler. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Didn't know any better. Didn't know any better. But yeah, the, the red and like, blackbird. I, I know like the hula poppers and the the uh, jitterbugs, all of that stuff were like, I just never got into them. Like I came in like just like when I like for me, it was like Rebel Pop R, the Zara Spook, okay. that kind of stuff. Like I never got into like the, the jitterbugs or the the some of those hula poppers and things like obviously they work and but well so i think the reason so it's i think you're probably in the era of the pro autograph series yep for sure and and that was it so excalibur and notice with pradco baits right so they had them for rebel they had them for uh cotton cordell there you go heading there was no arbogast pro autograph series baits they were kind of like the weird almost like the old school baits at the time um, even though now they're all considered, I guess, you know, old school baits, but yeah, I love the, the pro autograph. You had this one, you had that, uh, pretty sweet bomber a from, uh, Larry Nixon in the crawfish pattern. And then that yellow back, um, Bill dance had a couple of big fat A's in there. Yeah. There was all kinds of, I mean, what's, what's this one? I think this is a bill dance. Fat free. Like I'm trying to remember if this is the smaller fat free shad. Oh Yeah. Harder to see the signature on that color, but it's there. Um, what about that Jimmy actually, Houston had a couple of cotton cordels in a uh, like a sunfish pattern? It's actually a really I actually just pattern. picked one up. I don't know if you found the dangerous zone of whatnot yet when it comes to fishing lures. No, I probably should stay away. You might want to, yeah, you might. Uh, so here's a big fat free shad, but this is one I picked up Ooh. for just a couple bucks. Okay. Um, Nice. It's an interesting color, not not uh, your traditional like chartreuse blue back or some of the shad patterns, but it's got a really good Bill Dance signature on it. Might be coming to a future Hellabass whatnot stream. Ooh, um, that'd be one that I uh, 
So what was your, um, I guess, first sort of like Bass Pro experience? Was it like the catalogs? Was it, did you happen to have a store near you? Yeah, no stores up here. So anything, there was a, uh, I don't know if you, they had the, I don't think you see these much. They may exist on a really small scale, but we had a place called Trails End, but they were one of those like Bass Pro affiliate. Like they had the little Bass Pro logo on there. Like, so they were oh. like, you could go in through there and like put your order through them for Bass okay. Pro before there was like websites, right? You could go in there and like flip through the catalog and submit an order and they would carry some really light assortment of maybe some of the Bass Pro. I mean, private label wasn't really a thing back then. There wasn't a lot of XPS yeah. crankbaits and, you know, that kind of stuff back then. So there was that. But like in Minneapolis, when I was a kid, the closest store was Springfield, Illinois, or uh, Missouri. The, the, the. And that, and that was right? like and one. They only had one. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so for the longest time, that was uh, pretty much eventually they put one in what, like Gurney Mills, Illinois or something, which was still six hours away. So it really wasn't any closer to than Springfield for us, maybe a little bit. Uh, but when I was a kid, a lot of times we'd go down to like the Ozarks or Texas on like a spring fishing trip, and we would always stop in Springfield on the way. Ooh, I've had, never actually been to the original. My, I, I never did it, but I do remember my dad actually filling out the paper form and mailing it in with a check for a, a Bass Pro. All right. Uh, so order. now that you mentioned the paper form, so, so this was the catalog that got me into it. It was like the 91 and this is the original one. I picked up another one. But what Rich is talking about is in the middle of it, there you go, your facts. So you would fill this out. And then you could – well, you could bail it, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine if if the order from Tackle Warehouse, you had to actually fill it out and then mail it to them? <laughs> but you could also fax it as well. Um, but, yeah, I remember <laughs> – I do want to see the aquarium, by the way, and also want to see the museum because I think they've got a museum of Johnny Morris's first Browns Derby and Bass Fishing yeah. Hall of Fame now. Yep. Yeah, it's all it's on the old retro bucket list. It just has not happened. Well, now you're further away from Springfield. <sighs> I am. I am. I know. Further away to some things and, and close to others, but yeah. But but I remember that first order I spent probably weeks just going through writing stuff erasing i did it with pencil i'm like no i don't don't know what you know and it was but it was definitely the uh the era of a lot of those pro autograph stuff i think rick clun just won the classic so they had that pose superseder kit with the uh, wooden mm -hmm. crate <laughs> so so punch fishing says when he was a kid he tossed the moss boss oh uh, the old i don't have a boss. moss boss handy here but not too much different. I have really fond memories as a kid when I went fishing with my dad throwing this. I don't remember who made it or what the brand. Maybe I can see it on there. My eyes aren't as good as they. Um, ah. But the weed, weed walk. Uh, what is this? I don't know. Norm. It's a Norman. It's a Norman bait. There it is. But it's a weed walker. <laughs> it is a Norman bait. Mine's actually got a little, I don't know if, a little weed guard on it. Yeah. So it does have you a little weed too. guard. And mine's uh, got the skirt. I don't. Yeah, the skirt's so, missing off this one, but you never caught a fish. Kind of like a moss boss with a little bit of a kind of a buzzer in the middle of it. Um, and when I was my, my, so, my dad was in a bass club when I was young, and when I probably got to like five, six, seven years old, I started going out with him more when he'd practice for tournaments, and I loved to throw this thing. Doesn't matter if we were 
And back then we were fishing mostly close to the bank. There wasn't a lot of options. I mean, my dad probably had a flasher on his boat, but like we, a lot of it was working banks, you know, reeds, docks, shallow grass lines. And I just, I would chuck this thing. I mean, cause right. Like you, as a kid, you get that visual response of like seeing the bait in a, and I have this memory that's still etched in my brain today from one of my early trips where I hung this over a limb and it went down to the water and I lifted it up and a bass blew up on it and it like bounced there. And, and I don't know how many times it really happened, but I felt like that fish went after it three, four five times. And as a kid, I was losing my mind and this bait, I caught a few fish and I probably had more bites on it than I caught fish like a moss boss, like punch mentioned that like not the greatest hookup lures in the world, especially in cover. But, and this actually wasn't that weedless. <laughs> it was become a lot less weedless than a moss boss uh, and hookups weren't that great. But I have like, this is like one of the lures I as a that. kid that I remember really getting me into fishing and having like initial memories. And I didn't have any. And I saw this at like a, uh, maybe with the prior like hook setters or some, swap meet went through and i was like i have to have that bait because like it just has such great memories you got to catch a fish on it again i probably should go and take it fishing again now that we can hang that on braided line you don't really have to worry about losing it anymore uh, well so thinking about the tackle how the heck did we ever cast I mean, <laughs> or if you did catch a fish maybe the reason the hookup ratio is so bad is you know probably throwing what mono maybe 20 pound <laughs> yeah probably back then even like 14, maybe like some, some, uh, uh, you know, like this was one of my favorite lines back then. Oh yeah. Silver thread and 40. And we used to buy this stuff in the big spools and this is 14, like I said. So like, yeah, it was my go-to 14. Yep. I caught a lot of big fish on 14. It's funny. Now if I'm using <laughs> Anything less than, you know, 50-pound braid, you're like, oh, gosh. Yeah, for sure. So he said the snagless Sally was big when he started learning from his dad. So that's a bait, I can be honest with you, I didn't know a ton about until I moved to Florida. And the Florida guys are big into the snagless Sally. Yeah. Um, it's basically a like a modified souped-up MEPS spinner. Mm-hmm. It's an inline spinner with that single hook, but it fishes almost like a chatterbait. It just, it definitely, it just busts through the weeds a lot different than a, than an inline spinner. But yeah, that's a bait that um, I'm kind of getting into a little bit. The old Sally. There you go. Yeah. There was uh, two baits in Florida. So that one, and then this one is another old school bait that I kind of came to in Florida. Dalton special. Okay. So this is a cool one. So this is an old wooden bait. I mm-hmm. think this was eventually made by like Yakima. I think it's been discontinued, but it's a propeller bait. And I can't tell you how many places I go to in Florida. I'll go to like different lakes, old school tackle shops, tackle shows, and everybody talks about throwing like this and the Sa- Nagla Sally are the two Florida baits I hear more about than anything else. So this this is, I mean, from a person watching from the outside, I feel like all I hear about is the devil's horse. But so so the devil's horse yeah but i actually probably hear about this one more from the old school guys um devil's okay. horse for sure but it's kind of like a devil's horse right but it's got a little bit of a different nose to it mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of a planing nose to it flat bottom old school hook hangers and then this just single prop on the back yeah we had uh, there was a what is the name of it the uh there's a dual prop bait 
front and back that was pretty creek chub um what was that called actually bateman just picked one up in one of Ooh. his tackle halls where it was and i can't uh i don't remember there was a guy in my club that really liked that uh, was it a creek chub from the creek chub it would have been the injured minnow maybe the injured minnow yep that's the one yep so that that was kind of popular when we were uh alan says that it was uh Lure Jensen made the uh, original Dalton special. Yeah. Frank made it over. He said he originally started on Retro's channel. Then he realized, like, why wasn't why isn't why isn't the, my name green? Why am I not seeing my membership? And he realized he was uh, he was on Retro's channel. <laughs> it's on the wrong channel. <laughs> Punch Fishing wants to know what do you think is your most valuable bait? Uh, so here here's an interesting maybe two ways. What do you okay. think is the most valuable bait? Like from a collector's or dollar wise yeah. and then what what is the most valuable bait to you okay well let me show you the color wise hold on one sec so this i would say the most i would say probably special bait i've got so i picked this one up recently from my buddy um mark ing who runs a facebook page called the big o connection okay. so Lore builder Fred C. Young back in the day before Cotton Cordell had those baits used to make them by hand. And this is a Fred C. Young original bait. So he made this one by hand. It says Big O on the bill. Very cool. And so I got this. Um, the bait was actually beat up and I took it to a tackle shop in Shreveport called Bacon's Tackle. And Michael Bacon had the actual lacquer from the original and he fixed it for me and so my goal is to catch a fish on this probably using 60 pound braid so i don't lose it but and then but retire, I would say that's probably my because <laughs> if i lose that one that would be a heartbreaker but yeah that's a a recent pickup that i have not shown on camera yet i don't think so what punch wants to know what do you think it's worth <sighs> if you look online i would say these baits man it really varies it really varies. I mean, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 200 bucks. Like, what do you like ballpark? Like, uh, yeah, I would say two, two and a hundred, couple hundred bucks. Yeah, some of them, yeah, depending on how they it's the, the colors, the signature. You know, I've seen some of these go sure. for you know a thousand. So, okay, so it's probably a several hundred dollars at minimum. It's one you don't want to lose on a tree limb. Yeah, <laughs> See, most of my most ex valuable baits are, uh, original vixens which really aren't that retro but obviously they they're fish catchers and you know they they went away for a while now the gen 3 is back and it seems pretty legit but um i have a pretty good wad of these bad boys in my time and i fish but i fish them like i i mean i have some but they're not for collecting i i fish them so. did you ever throw the uh what's it called the paycheck yep i've got some paychecks i always like that one for stripers i love that bait are you talking about the one like the big pencil popping one or just the, yes yeah so i actually Paycheck had one of those one. and when i was when i was rebuilding my last boat's motor and i needed some cash i put it up on ebay and a one jason williamson or j jason or j yeah, jason williamson from south carolina who's if you don't know that name it's a bassmaster lead series bro he bought it for 212 dollars from me on ebay i've got like five of them i should put them up <laughs> <laughs> wow i had no idea Save the bone color, which is obviously a uh, a good color. So, okay, that's uh wow, yeah, that's the one I picked up those back in the day. Those were yeah, I they actually don't have they have some like really 
little tiny subtle fins just under the gills. They they like, little, little like the little hair uh, of flashaboo feather type gills. Yeah. No, and they had a really nice pencil popper um nose, but with like a little bit of a lip on the bottom. Yeah. I love the way that the hook hangers were. That was just a, a money bait. So the one, yes, yeah, paycheck baits, but it was called the one. That's what it was. Yeah. But they also make a the pay uh what are they 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 make one that's almost identical to Vixen. Okay. They call that. It, I don't remember. The Repo Man. That's that's what made me think of it. Yep. Yep. But that one I never had. So another one of my, uh, this is kind of, and this is not like, I think, I don't know if they still make hard swim buzz baits, but I just picked this up for like two bucks on whatnot the other day. Ooh. So it's a <laughs> Gatford, Oklahoma. I'm not sure, like, I don't know if this one just looks old because I mean, obviously, I remember seeing Hart being pretty popular in like the nineties, uh, and that I can't tell if this is just a newer one that's got a really yellowed uh, blister on it, or one that's actually in really good condition and it's yellowed because it's that old. I'm not sure. That's got that old school patina on it. I think that's an old one. Yeah, yeah. But, what about so the uh, the Heart Shaker? You ever throw that one? The Heart Shaker. It sounds familiar. It was a spinner bait that had the blades that were. Had that really weird shape to them. Sure. Yep. I don't know what you call that, but it was like a hatchet there. shape. And it came with like three of them. It was an old Ken Cook bait. Yeah. Play the uh the one by paychecks. So the one is the one that looks like a giant shower ball. Yep. Mm. Jay says a collector from Illinois called him last night and said he has over four hundred thousand dollars in antique lures looking to liquidate. Jay says he just wants to look at the collection just to see it. Wow, that's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll attend these um, uh, uh, tackle shows. They've got a couple of different like lure tackle societies, one for Florida, one for um, you know the National Lure um, Fishing Lure Collectors Club. And mm-hmm. so at these shows, they end up having auctions every time for folks right. who are in the club pass with these big giant collections and then to kind of make sure the stuff doesn't end up in a dumpster they'll do an auction night so i haven't been to one of those but i'm sure they're pretty wild so ben says what, what's retro's favorite top water <sighs> no my favorite top water all right so this is for nostalgia so you're asking like you know what was the most valuable bait so this is one that um i remember most from my youth power pack shad so does that, does that have the cord in it yeah so this is, is what it was and i remember a, there was a place called the tackle box which was a tackle shop about like a 15 20 minute bike ride from my house and i went in the first day and i saw these hanging on the peg and i'm like what the heck of course it says pull so what you do is you pull yeah. the string and it vibrates now in the water it's not that fast so it's much slower but yeah, there was, I think, an infomercial as well. It's hard to get when enough you, resistance when you pull on it to actually get the court right. Like, So on the first you know. cast, you basically throw it out there. It vibrates, and it, you probably get about maybe 15 seconds out of it, and then it stops, and then you twitch it, sort of like a popper or hula popper. It pulls the string again, and it sets off another one. So I used to Does it get enough resistance on the pop, though, to actually like fully pull it? You'll get it out to there. Yeah. Because it's got a pretty good cup on it. 
And this was a farm pond killer. You'd throw this thing like sun's going down, you know, three feet off the shore and fish would blow up on it. But yes, the cord was the thing. And there's a little, it's a mechanism. I mean, it's uh, it was developed by, I think, a Dallas, Texas attorney in the 1980s. And, um, but yeah, it's definitely a little fragile. And it does punch look like a kid's bath toy, which you could take the hooks off and yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if any uh, bass masters be buying this from me for 200 bucks on eBay. I'll tell you that. I don't remember if I ever bought one of those, but I definitely remember seeing it in the store and like playing with it. I don't know if I ever actually got one or not. Yeah, it's not not a, not my proudest moment at the uh, tackle shop, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, actually, so actually, this this bait just came in the mail today. Um, picked up uh, an older Bagley B1 brass. Ooh, model. look at that color! And I thought that was a pretty good color too. I don't know what actually this color is called, but uh, looks like something Cliff Pace would make. Ooh, yeah, but this is like this is from the era that made Bagley popular. So the Florida era. Yeah, yeah. I got it for ten bucks. That's a that's a good little deal there. Yeah, I think I'm actually gonna throw the Bagley uh, fat cat. Box. I'm gonna put some newer hooks on it, and this is probably something I'll actually throw. Kyle says maybe hot chocolate. Well, that's a weird thing too with the colors because th there's some colors and and lures that they just don't make anymore. You don't see a ton of that brown with an orange back. Yeah, it's almost like skunk but not right it's a little different so here's one you ever seen this bait um maybe so this that is a rebel bait and this was okay. supposed to basically be like the most revolutionary crankbait ever designed it's called the black star and yeah. okay. it That's looks new. like something out of Tron. But a couple weird things about this bait. First off, everything's got this black finish to it, which was, I don't know what it was supposed to do, but sort of like a graphite finish for the hooks. Or like stealth. Yeah, like stealth. It's got this weird, again, sort of Tron looking body. And then this lip that's just this sort of funky, funky lip. Yeah. Which is now like you look at some of like the Blackhawk lures or, uh, Thunderhawk lure square bill. That's where it's molded in and kind of like that's kind of similar to that almost. Yeah, they used to have a lot more molded in lips. Um, I actually did have a pretty decent day on Lake Travis with this bait, believe it or not. I don't know if the fish were just hungry, but I actually caught <laughs> sort of in a, in a color selector sort of a deal. So I actually did the painter dude did get back to me and he said the color name or the color code was OBR for this. It's an Bagley B1 OBR. So where'd you find that? Hot chocolate orange belly. Uh, let's see here. Critical Gravy says that's easily a $60 plug at Bagley. How old is this visor? Yeah, so we were kind of talking about this pre-show, and I had <laughs> <laughs> like one of my normal Omnia visors on. I was like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna find something. I went out in the garage and looked at one of my old turn. So this, yeah, this is probably 
early 2000s. It's probably a 20 year old visor. It's definitely seen its. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely got a fair amount of uh, hella sweat DNA embedded in it, and uh, quite a bit of sun fade because that this was definitely like a dark navy blue visor at one point. I mean, if you look at the like the inside color, right? Like that's the original color. Yeah. I feel like that's sold that maybe didn't used to be a visor. It almost used to be, used to be like no, a regular hat. All, all you just my burnt hats the top start off. as regular hats and they end up as visors. <laughs> there you go. Why would you spend money on a good visor when everybody's giving away hats for free? <laughs> yeah. So I would, Michael Bradley, conservatively say it's 20 years old and older than both my kids. So I do think there's some designs they should bring back. So yeah, yeah. which is funny. The uh, hopefully nobody go over and watch them right now. But uh, Bass After Dark, their theme of their show is what baits should be brought back. Oh, oh. well, here's one. The Pogo Shad. Yeah, this is like. Don't get Epic Eric talking about this. He'll be on a tear. But this is one I always love. This bait. This is Tom Man had some goofy baits. To be honest with you. Um, this was not one of them. I thought this was a great bait. I used to throw this in the grass in the Potomac for bass. Um, it's like a rattle trap, but if you've seen it, if that tail makes it do this. And then when you stop it, it'll helicopter down. Yeah. But that was actually, actually a solid design. I, I was uh, snooping around and whatnot. And the guy that I actually bought this from and that other uh, Excalibur, he he had recently made a trip down to Mans. He's got like thirty by uh, twenty five by forty inch posters of Tom Mann holding up like like a promo posters. A couple of them he sold a couple of them for like eighteen bucks. But in that box, he like there was a pile of old pogo sheds in this box that he did not unbox and gotten ready to process yet. Ooh, okay, that's a hot lead there. I'm going to be sending uh, Retro a link to whatnot for a referral. I think so. It's, it's a whole new rabbit hole. It's, I don't know. It's, it could be ugly. Well, I think I saw one of your recent videos that you're looking to uh, uh, do a retro store online, right? And and some of it might be some partnerships and some collaborations, and you're trying to get rid of it. You might need to downsize some a of the bit. collection. So maybe whatnot is another avenue where you could pick some things up and let some things go and well, stream and... Bit. So. The key is, you know, importer exporter. You just got to be exporting more than you're importing, and then you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet I am. Alan said he recently got a pogo on an old mom and pop shore. Nice. The minnow. I've seen that one. That's a rare one. Oh, pogo minnow. Sure. Uh, AJ said he's been beaten by the pogo shad a few times. <laughs> uh, Bass Bass Matt, does Retro still have a tackle room? No, so this is the tackle room. So I'm we're um in a transition phase here. So we're kind of in a rental place, getting a full time place. So my retro tackle room is my garage. So not really. That's uh that's a project in the works. So hopefully in the next that's month. That's one of the criteria for the new pad is to have a uh, 2.0 tackle room. I mean, this is an epic YouTube studio. Don't get me wrong with the stairs and the laundry room drawers and such. But yeah, we need to get a real tackle room. Right on. So, go ahead. yeah, there you go. What do you got there? So here's another one that I think probably could make a comeback. So you ever seen this thing? 
Yeah, maybe, so but I'm not sure. It's a top water. It's called the near nothing. And what's okay. interesting about it is it's solid plastic. So it's clear mm. and it sinks. So this is actually a really sweet schooling fish bait. Pretty tiny, by the way. I don't know if it's like a two like inch. A, or... Like a small head and yeah. But it casts a country mile, but it it really is. It does almost disappear in the water. It's, it's got a little bit of a, a flash to it, and then it will sink down. So yeah, I was smoking you, some white bass with this. Uh, do you think that spring. was intentional, or do you think they thought they were making a top water, and then they realized, oh wait, this isn't a top water because we didn't we didn't create any air in there, and the density of the plastic's wrong to make it float. You know, no, knowing cotton cordial, I think that it was designed to be like a schooling okay. fish bait, which you could sure. work on the surface, but then pause it, and it would, and it kind of just shimmies down. Mm. But yeah, that's a tough little bait. And I saw, I went to a mom pop shop in South Texas, and they had like eight of these just sitting on the peg just for, for three bucks each. I was like, okay. Maybe, maybe the, like the finisher or the credge can take over. <laughs> that could be the, uh, um, so are, have you gotten, uh, I, I'm assuming you've got some wiggle warts. I feel like wiggle warts are kind of like, they're kind of getting a little steam on YouTube and social media right now. There's a lot of people for some reason talking about wiggle warts these days. Really? I didn't know they're making a comeback. I mean, a backpack. Oh, I don't know. They're just like, I don't huh. know if it's just a buzz. Really? Because people are talking about them or like somebody made a video and then another person made a video. But like, there's just a little buzz and chatter about wiggle warts where I would say, you know, like maybe wow. wiggle warts were selling for 10 bucks two months ago or selling for 15 or 20 now. And they're just, there's a little I do love a wiggle wart. I, I do love the OG wiggle wart, which, um, so yeah, the trick is it's got to say wiggle wart on the bill, not storm. Yeah. So like and here, it's... I've actually got two, actually got quite a few wiggle warts here, but here's one for those that, right? So if it looks like this under the bill, mm -hmm. where it says storm, that means it's a post Rapala acquisition. Still a fish catcher, still a good bait, but doesn't draw the collectability and people feel that it's not quite as good as Oh, and that's a good color one, there. Which just it's and it's hard to see on certain colors. Uh it says wiggle wart stamped very light. I can probably find one that has a better and hold it till we see the sort of the front end of that bill, because that's where the magic yeah. is in that bait. I'm just trying to find one here where it's easier to see the because it's just like almost like pad printed wiggle wart yeah that's the color right there the old yellow perch and then yeah this this molded bill typically has some kind of imperfections and a lot of times the seams on the bait like they're just the the storm ones are just they're cleaner they're they're mm -hmm. more perfect and and it seems that the perfect bait swims too well and it doesn't hunt or doesn't have the erratic or the wandering action that seems to be the deal uh versus the old school ones no and an old an og wiggle wart it'll make that it'll be gone and then it'll just sort of just do a a random much more so than here's the ones. here's the new even though this is like an older new one mm. hear that the, the the original wiggle wart has a a deader sound yep no, I did. I did an episode on wiggle wart ban years ago. I need probably need to dust it off. But now I've got a few I OGs. People are talking about it right now. Nice. I was told this one was a Bass Pro exclusive color. 
You know, know what? True or not, but somebody said that on a comment when I posted a picture of it. Needs a little cleaning, obviously, but that, there might have been a kit that came out with Bass Pro that had this maybe a couple suspending as well. wiggle warts. Yeah, and maybe some thunder sticks that might have been suspending yeah. too. That might that might be legit. Yeah, Bass Pro would do that. They would they would have their own little custom kits where it would be probably like something suspending or something else. Yeah. Darius says warts, thumbs down. So there's a lot of people that are like feel that the wart is overrated and that like rock crawlers and maybe like even the six cents curve uh and some of those other baits are and, and maybe the new gravel dog are better anyways, and that the warts don't they're, they're overrated. But over the Daiwa peanuts, is that sort of a, a JDM is same sort of deal? Several <laughs> comments on the bass fishing uh, theme, so- a retro bass and theme song tonight. Yep. Yep. My buddy Tom wrote that. Uh, he's a living in Austin. You tend to be around a lot of musicians. So my buddy Tom, he's sure. a songwriter. And, and I guess he was bored one night and he goes, hey, I just wrote this throwaway song for you. I don't know if you want it or not, whatever. And he sent it, and then I immediately put it on the first video, and it's been in everyone ever since. It says he thinks the Yozuri hardcore drum could come back. I'm trying to think what that one was. I'm not super familiar with that. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. And there was another one, so Cotton Cordell had an answer to it. So there were a couple of baits that were sort of wiggle. Yeah, that was. Uh, they actually looked really like if you're not if you don't know what you're looking at. The wiggle O. The wiggle O is actually looks pretty close. Like it's. And by the way, know. is not a bad fisher. Now that it's probably a little bit cleaner, so it's probably more like a new school storm. Right. But yeah, I like that bait too. Yeah, I actually, sweet <laughs> Bateman were, and I were watching the same whatnot stream, and some guy had a bunch of, uh, there was actually quite a few storm baits. It, they weren't uh, wiggle warts. They were maybe like a more a walleye style. Uh, and they were older ones. Good. Okay. I mean, they probably had value. And then there was one, but it was a wiggle O in a storm package. So it would have been easy to think that that was an old school wiggle wart, but it yeah. was a wiggle O. You're like, oh, it's the crawfish pattern. Nope. <laughs> yep. Don't spend 80 bucks on that. Somebody said uh, any vintage JDM baits. Man, I don't have any vintage baits with me. Um, I, You know, I did get into some of the depth stuff, old school swim baits actually back in the day. So I've still got some like OG slide swimmers and like 175 and um and the silent killers never caught a fish on those though. I think I've got like, I don't know if you remember. So back, what was it like 2003 that talk won the classic on right around there, right on uh Wiley, the, I knew it, I knew it right. The very next year, I don't remember if it was Toho or Harris Shane or one of those lakes. He won the very first tour event the next year. Okay. And he was throwing a, a, a TD vibe uh dialogue right and i remember buying several of those off ebay back then i probably have a couple of those somewhere which is reasonably retro for a jdm bait oh yeah yep now i remember those the early but the early gang crafts when they first came out with their slide swimmers and all those five eight sounds black joint and jitterbug 
absolute best nighttime lure of all time. No fooling. I have thrown a jitterbug at night. I've never caught a fish on jitterbug at night. Yeah, there's a and I, speaking of uh, so we talked about bass after dark, um, but when the the big bass podcast right that Ten and Terry do, they did a whole episode about uh, the musky jitterbug has supposedly caught more bass over ten pounds than any other bait at least back in that time period. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's what I've the, got one. I've heard. got the musky one because I was, used to throw for stripers. So. <laughs> It's a beast. Yeah, the Daiwa Energy, they were the ones that kind of looked like they had, they were silverish, but they had that like color changing, uh, kind of bluish, purplish, right? They, uh, the first Quantum Energies, I believe that's what was those. Okay, 04. I was close. Thanks for keeping me honest, Tim. I was one year off. <laughs> so then in 05, he won that tournament on like Harris Chain or Toho on a, a, a like a, Gold black back TD vibe Daiwa nice. lipless, and I bought a couple at that time. Oh, what else is going on? Um, you got anything else on the table you want to? Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other good ones. So, um, they're all good ones, it's just a matter of which one you want to exactly. It's it is. So, here's one. So, speaking of, of, Ones that probably had some strikes but didn't catch any fish. You remember this thing? Head, head and mouse, right? The head and mouse, and it's probably better known for the crankbait version, but this is like a topwater. And I think part of the reason some of these old school topwaters didn't necessarily hook a lot of fish is they've got like little light worm hooks on them. <laughs> like long before the days of a nice frog hook. So yeah, so you can only imagine a fish would hit this. They'd have to hit it at quite an angle to actually get hooked. Right. Um, and if, as we've learned, that a lot more fish strike the heads of baits than tails of baits, so yeah, <laughs> it's a long, it's a long way. <laughs> yeah, so that was one that probably was a little bit of a, a gimmick that didn't work. Um, here's one that I did a, a YouTube short of recently that I got to do a full on episode of. This is from the Keeper Bait Company, uh, the Dance's Eel or the Eelver, and this is a kind of interesting bait. It's a crankbait, but it's got this sort of uh, tadpole-like tail, and it's a sinking bait. I've thrown this. It looks insane in the water. I've uh, not been able to catch a fish on it, and everybody in the comment section has also not been able to catch a fish on it, so I need to figure it out. Um, Tony Hatton says Dancing Eel was a great bait, but I also feel I'm more in the camp of, right, I got duped in sitting at home on a Saturday morning, watch Bill dance and his you know back then i didn't realize he was fishing private waters all the time and like never caught a bass under five pounds and he was just crushing giants so of course i went out and bought some dance like one of those trips down to springfield illinois oh, or, you uh, probably Missouri, came back right? with this thing bought a couple dance needles bought some of the dancing craws oh, which was wild too yeah i've got some of those <laughs> and then so, young Tony, came back out of this to share with us what is the key to catching fish on the the dancing eel yeah, I kind of want to know because I, I need to I need to put a fish on the board with this thing, but I don't know how. <laughs> but yeah, this was one, and I did recently get the number of uh, the founder of the Keeper Bait Company, who's the same fella that invented Fish Formula Sparkle Scales, which is now back in the form of Bait Pop, which I have no need for on my boat because I don't have that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still a scent and attractant, right? So you could still use it; it just wouldn't be the it just wouldn't be, uh, yeah. So, but it's a little more expensive than it used to be. 
So there's that one. Um, all right, same era, sort of pre-live target. Remember this thing? Yeah, I'm not sure which one that is. So this is from Crankbait Corporation, and they had a number. These aren't like – it's this weird sort of foam, but they had a number of different baits that were emulating different sort of bait fish. They had a whole catfish line, which I loved. Mm. But, yeah, pretty funky little – and at the time, there weren't a lot of baits that were ultra-realistic. I mean, nowadays, you, this kind of looks like right. sort of a more normal profile. It wasn't really in, in the 90s when they came out with this. Yeah. Some sort of yellow head catfish there. I mean, like everything in the 90s was like painted like this, right? Like just simple, bright yep. colors, back colors. Uh, you know, that, that would be a much more common paint job back then. Like, oh, yeah. I love that one. And then... Um, and the last one, so I don't know if you've ever seen this thing. So this is called the Bump and Go Spinnerbait. I'm a big spinnerbait guy. It's always been like one of my confidence baits. I, I still throw them. I never I've had never... it, but I think I remember seeing it in some catalogs or yeah. Bass Pro or magazine little, you know, back in the, uh, you know, your Bass Masters used to have a ton of little like square Little two ads. by two, three by three ads and things, and I don't know if that's something. You know, somewhere I saw that definitely. And you probably saw the illustration where there's casting by a pier, and what you do is you take this little blade, mm. and it runs, sort of like a like a depth killer compass or something, and it will literally run to one side or the other. Sure. So, so this is on my uh, my list of ones to get out there with. But yeah, the old uh, bump and go spinnerbait. This is from uh, Cream Lures. <laughs> Oh, John. <laughs> he says, bum and go. I think I used to date her. Uh, Tony, yeah, we kind of talked about the whole color selector kit, the color selector and the rebel color selector uh, in the beginning of the show. So you might have to go back and watch the replay and reminisce at the beginning of the show, Tony. Maybe just throw up the kit for Tony. Just show him the, the box. Oh, yeah, the kit. If you still got it handy there. There we do. <laughs> yep. And they're like, yeah, there's numbers and letters and, but again, there's no option for gray. So like the colors, like the points they notice, and there's no gray lore. <laughs> there's no, you know, pink, at least not as far as the kits go. But <laughs> yeah, what else did they? Uh... So what are you? Uh, you got uh, any? The, what are your thoughts on the older bandits? Ooh, so I do like the older bandits. I can't find them too well. Um, I gotta be honest, with you, I'm a little bit of a sucker for the Lornette paint shop with some of the newer bands. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Like Is you see the... that tiny little eye on that bandit 200? Yep. The overspray, you know that yep. that's a classic uh older bandit where they they have a weird cutoff paint on that. They're like this nah, doesn't they don't have care. the uh the triple grip hooks, but I think these might be swapped out hooks. But okay, uh wow. I would think that the people that like the bandits would that. And then here's another one that this one has the, the triple grips on it, which is a pretty good indicator of, uh, that almost seems like a valuable. It's, it's just, just kind of a straight white. It probably okay. is my camera. It's just like, a, wow. um, so yeah, two for six bucks. We got those two the other night. So, so is this on whatnot as well? I feel like this is, yeah. you've opened a whole new world for me. So there, there's the, there's this dichotomy on uh, on whatnot. You've got uh, a, a handful of sellers like myself and Bateman and a few others that are very knowledgeable about their baits, and they bring a very knowledgeable audience. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and then there's this other group of sellers that maybe have smaller followings where they're just reselling Guggen closeouts and 13 fishing closeouts and bunker hunt and that kind of stuff. And every once in a while, they'll go and they'll buy some tackle box off Facebook Marketplace. And they're like, well, I got these two crankbaits. They might be bandits. And then there's a bunch of people there looking for six bags of bandito bugs for 20 bucks. And then this goes up for three bucks. And you're like, I'll take that. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Um, Mind blown. Yeah, so who pays shipping? The, the, uh, the customer, the buyer pays shipping. Um, and what it does is it, it takes the seller's destination and your and, it, and it, it calculates the rate based on the weights entered by the seller. So a typical crankbait will weigh an ounce. Mm. So typically your first auction you win if you buy a, a single bait will be like $3.70 for shipping. But then if you bought a second bait, it automatically says, well, that's two baits for between two and three ounces. So your second bait might only be 60 extra cents to shipping. So if you can win a couple auctions, you can typically get a handful of baits shipped for five or six bucks. Okay. Sort of like so, the eBay rule. You want to maximize for yeah. the same seller. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Good reminder from the, the our friends over at Real Northern Bass, or our Northeast <laughs> buddies, that uh, if you want to hit the like button, it costs you nothing and uh, gets the eyes uh, on a few more of these cool old baits that need to be seen by people that maybe don't know some of this, right? Uh, Especially if I'm going to start a whatnot account. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so. Yeah, I don't know what uh, what else you got there on the table, man. I think I'm trying to think if I got anything else good. So, um, one other bait that kind of I came upon at a recent meeting was this one, and another kind of cool design. They used to just put so much craftsmanship into bait. So this is, you know, before my era. This is a um, Clark Water Scout. The design yeah. was eventually bought by uh, Charles Spence and became the Spence's Scout. But yeah, this is all wooden crankbait with this really cool keel. Yeah, and I was gonna I met say a, that pectoral fin is wild. Yeah. Yeah, and I met an expert on this bait at a tackle show, and he basically told me that this is sort of the truest running crankbait you'll ever have because of that keel. And that's what it's for. It's not really for deflection, it's right between the hooks, but it's really to keep that thing running true. So you don't have to tune that. The front treble hook is wildly large for that size. <laughs> I was going to say, I do feel like that is an aftermarket adjustment. It's like the musky hook they put on the front there. Mm. That is a rather large treble hook. So yeah, I don't know that stock. <laughs> but this is one I do want to throw at some point. Probably on some heavier tackle so I don't lose it. But yeah, an old old wooden bait with tack eyes. But yeah, they used to just yeah. they used to spend some time on these bits. Yeah, I've, I've seen the Spence Scout. And then I think eventually the Strike King eventually had a scout for a short time for uh, uh, George Cochran, but it didn't last very long. Oh, yes. I I, yep. And then even Cotton Cordell owned the rights to that lure at some point and came out with it. And it was all plastic. And that thing was kind of a piece of junk. But the one, the original was the, the yeah, the Spencer Scout. So he says break out a T1. Are you talking about Terminator T1 spinnerbait, Clay? Or what, what T1 are you talking about? <laughs> original wood scouts were legit plastic scouts were a flop yep nice but yeah i've got a few of these so yeah we'll be down um so yeah there's the florida antique lore collector society they've they've Mm -hmm. got a show in saint augustine first week of march so we'll be down there 
So you're and, licking your chops. That's like your 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 playground. Your, uh, your is that is that your Super Bowl of the year to be able to go to this uh, this? Well, it's funny, but yeah, if I had a choice of going to like iCast or like one of those shows, I'd probably be at the old school show. <laughs> yeah. that, I don't. I mean, I'm sure you know, like Bernie Schultz from Florida is a huge antique lure collector guy. So maybe now yeah. that you're down there, you can bump elbows with Bernie and, and, and talk. No, I was talking to Bernie at the Savannah show actually, and he's okay. not going to be there. Cause I think he's fishing in Texas that weekend. So, yep. Um, yep. Good dude. But there's some, there's some definitely old school. Another one uh, just actually hooked up with Terry Lacoste, um, pretty famous outdoor writer, Florida based, mostly a saltwater guy. And he's a local guy around here. And I just went and met up with him and kind of he and I can do some pond hopping. Hopefully the weather warms up a little bit with some of his old school bands. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, another guy that's down in Florida. What is it? I can see his face. He does a YouTube channel. He's pretty connected. It's blanking on it. He's like, he used to do uh, collabs with Mr. Mm. Bass. Okay. They would do a show together. Uh, what oh. is his... Somebody in the chat should be able to help me here. Uh, Steve is his first name, maybe, but we're trying to remember okay. what his uh, what he goes by. His YouTube channel. Get your fish on. Okay. Yeah. Steve Chapman, get your fish on. Like, nice. get you are fish on. You should look him up now that you're down for Totally. Oh, 100%. Okay, cool. Mark's taking a shot at how old Bernie Schultz is. Come on. <laughs> uh, did you go to the East Tennessee Classic Bait Show? No, I in Pigeon Forge. I wanted to go to that one, actually, and I just missed it by about a day, unfortunately. And I'm super bummed because. There were a ton of um, pretty famous East Tennessee crankbait maker displays mm, there, yeah. and yeah, I was kind of kicking myself for missing that one. It was, it was on my list, and I just missed it. Sure. Clay says, "Yeah, he wants to." Do I, I was actually eyeing up some Terminators on whatnot the other night. There was a couple that went, but then the rest of them were the stainless steel ones, not the actual T one. Bassman, it says, got any Roland Martin uh, uh, Fox. Yes, I do. So the, the blue, uh, fox blue fox spinnerbait. Blue fox. Right? Yeah. I've got the kit and I've got that. Yeah, so he had a, a line of them. It's actually a neat little sort of cone-headed spinnerbait. I've caught fish on that one. Um, My goal this year is, though, actually to, to maybe, you know, do some helicopter lure fish with Roland. That would be kind of something I'd like to. But you could definitely catch a fish on that, uh, the old blue fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the double, the double, uh, double buzzers from Blue Fox at the time back then. I've got one of those. Yep, I still can't figure out how to cast those though. That one and the and the old triple wing uh, from Striking always had trouble casting those. They still like yeah, they I mean, catch yeah, a breeze they're, they're, and just they hang right in the wind. Yeah. Our um, places our original Lunker Lure buzzbait. <clears throat> yeah, the the original Lunker Lure buzzbait. Um, I've got a few of those. I've got some old Okie Bug buzz baits as well. Um, Don Butler, who won a Bassmaster Classic, um, I think he won the second one. So, yeah, his son was actually selling some old Okie Bugs on eBay, and we hooked up, and 
I got a few things, but yeah, I got some old Oki Bug buzz baits. Those are, I like an old buzz bait. So speaking of that, how about a Palm special spinner bait? So I've heard of it. I don't have any. Yeah, it's like a little small spinner bait with just a little tiny Colorado, just a little single arm early Colorado, and it had a kind of unique like flat rubber skirt. It kind of came okay. out of like the Missouri area. So is it almost sort of like a bomber bushwhacker, just like a real tiny petite thing? A little huh? bigger than that. Okay, but nice. Now I've got some. Uh, remember the old Meps Bass Killer? They're they're short foray into spinner baits. Alan says, uh, surprised I've never heard you talk about the Daiwa digital reels from the 80s with the LCD screen on them. I don't remember that. Sure. I don't, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I remember I had a Daiwa Procaster um, back in the day. It was like and... one of the first low profile reels, like those old Team Daiwa, those P1 yes. Pro. I had one of those on a Loomis early on. I was like, I was like living large as like a. Oh yeah, 14, oh, that was my first bait cast that I could throw more than ten feet. It was the Daiwa Procaster PT? Ever heard of the Dipsy Doodle? I did. I'm trying to think what kind of bait that is. He says, uh, "Told me my grandfather told me about it. Uh, originally, it was in local shops around Texarkana. He got one for Christmas a couple years ago." I've definitely heard of it, and I probably could recognize if I saw it, but I can't think of it right now. Maybe someday we can make a retro visor. We'll see. Ooh. <laughs> BPS Tornado. I definitely had some of the BPS Tornado spinner baits. Now, those go for a pretty penny. Um, I don't know if they're fish catchers or just there's no market for them. But, yeah, that and it's so weird. That's a bait I'm kind of surprised they haven't come back out with. They used to dedicate, like, a two-page spread in Bass Pro to that. Mm-hmm. And then... And he even and John even brought back the slow roller spinnerbait, the one that's got the arm that is kind of on a little swivel that you can drop. They brought that one back, but they never brought the tornado back. Which actually, like, is actually like, I don't know if you ever seen the secret weapon lures spinnerbaits. No. So secret weapon lures, and that's actually. <laughs> so I just did a video where I was telling a story, and my my jersey back then had it on there, and they had like this spinnerbait kit, which I have. It's nowhere near here but basically the arm just came with a little uh a loop on it and then you would clip on blades and you could make a single or a tandem but then when it would they would free float so like they would act like that slow fall um but it was kind of an interesting kit an interesting concept i actually think it had a lot of merit i caught quite a few fish on it um but it just there, I mean, back then, those because of the hardware, like if you just wanted to buy a spinnerbait, it was like nine ninety nine in like two thousand five, like which would have felt outrageous back then. But now, like a ten dollars spinnerbait, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a bet. <laughs> so he says, Dipsy Duel is a tiny crankbait. Okay, I'll have to look that one up. Okay, so that I would say that's actually my favorite one, the Cajun Rattler. So that came out the same era. Blade with a rattle inside of it? It was actually metal. It was like an aluminum blade with a bead in it. And that one was a really cool one, even more rare than Tornado. Colorado, right? It had like a hump on it or something? or no. So it was a Colorado, but it had a hump on it. The bead was inside. And then it was also, it was rigged sort of through the blade. So it wasn't like just attached to it. So that was Mm -hmm. a, but I caught some fish on that one for sure. 
Bassmaster Matt has like traumatized kids' experience about the creepy guy on the, the tornado spinnerbait page, I guess. Oh, sh- shoestring Dubois? Come on. <laughs> you know who creeped me out used to be? You could uh, probably open up the, the tornado spread is probably in that catalog you got there. You think it is? I bet, it, I bet actually it probably is. It should be at that time era. Hold on. Shoestring Dubois. You know who creeped me out used to be Uncle Buck. He used to creep me out. So, okay. First off, there's the Cajun Rattler. Yep, that's that's what I was envisioning in my head. Yep. And that was a cool bait. Tough to find. Um, by the way, still my favorite spinner bait ever, the wedge. I just love that wedge. But then let's see. So I, I guarantee you some people are that are friends of the channel that are huge fans of the baby wedge. Ooh. And there we go. So there is the tornado. Yep, full page. No creepy uh, shoestring. No creepy dude in this version. Yep. And so this bait, so yeah, back in the day, five ninety five. Nowadays, I feel like I don't know if they sell for thirty bucks, but they don't get listed for less than thirty bucks. Interesting. Clay brings up the Hank Parker Vampire Spinner Bait. That was one where it was like two blades that were sort of fixed, and it was almost like a cross between a buzz bait and a spinner bait. Yeah. And then the undulator from Mans as well is another one. Um, yeah. And actually, Hank it's just funny, came a lot out of those, those... spinnerbait variations come and go, and it seems like the old school spinnerbait just keeps hanging around. Well, two guys have reintroduced them. So Jimmy Houston came back out with his original one, um, clothespin style, and so that one's out. Um, and then from I. I think Lucky Strike, and then Hank Parker started selling the classic on his yep. website. So those two guys both came out with them with the old school skirts and the old school blades. Bass says he thinks his first video he's seen retro is when he went to Jerry's Tackle in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Arkansas. Ah, yes, that was funny. That was like the first. I was literally out there for work, and I just drove by this gas station. And I happened to walk in there and it was like the first time I found out that was probably like the first like tackle shop. I didn't grow up with a kid that I discovered that I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing but, and there were like, you know, a whole wall of warts. They weren't like the, the, the old ones, but it was still cool. They had a bunch of handmade jigs there. And yeah, that was a, I haven't they, been back since. Jigs on cards. Oh yeah. And I bought some, yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, you got like a good jig is when it's, in a plastic baggie stapled to a card like right? stapled like hand painted hand tied and it yeah. was like the original guy jerry that actually had tied them which was kind of cool um yep that was uh if i ever was back in mountain home i 1000 percent would go back in there somebody brings up the strike king porco was awesome another yeah, bill thanks, dance bill. Sold a of those i definitely bought a jar of the porcos did you catch a fish on them? I don't remember catching any fish on it. It was a cool thing. That was the one where it was like the, the big looking eel thing, right? And it was a big yeah. giant. And then you would just nose hook it with like a weedless, like giant wacky kale style. And you just kind of would just let it like yeah. undulate. And then the <laughs> sluggo came out and erased it from the planet. I was like, well, we didn't need a porco when we got a sluggo. <laughs> no. 
uh, Bassmaster. The spinnerbait with a super cool turtleback extra textured big blade. Can't remember the name. I remember that one. Bumblebee spinnerbait was killer. Yeah. Striking OZ spinnerbait. Everything else super cool, handy. I got like a big box of Normans and some old Rebels. So, what's the oldest bait you'll still throw in a tournament? Hmm. I mean, might be this one that I just bought. (laughs) But uh, I've got some older WECs for the right tournament I will throw. Hmm. Um, I've definitely got a bunch of Vixens that I throw quite a bit in tournaments, but like, you know, I throw Vixens on like 40 pound braid in their top water. So I'm not real concerned about losing. I don't know that I've ever, knock on, I don't think I've ever lost a Vixen. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Otherwise, yeah. I got some true tungsten Mac, Mad Max frogs from like the 2000s that I still have that I'll use in the right tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, I got some OG DT6s that have seen a lot of miles and some other things like but those aren't particularly old, but yeah. Again, I, I think retro is a state of mind, so they count. <laughs> yeah, like the Excalibur XR50s, I got some of those. Uh, somebody rings up the Cavatron Buzzbait. That was a cool one. Yeah, I actually I saw on I try the leverage buzz bait and spinner bait I saw on a whatnot stream the other night, right where they had that aircraft cable on the hook, so that in the theory was it would you would reduce the leverage when you hooked a fish. Yes. Of, uh, um, I wasn't able to nab any of them. I wasn't. They were they were going for more than I was willing to part with. But uh, I did see some of those the other night. I feel like that was something that maybe Roland Martin pushed at one time. Probably uh, the leverage. I don't remember what what didn't roll in leverage back in the day. Oh, he's uh, Bassmaster says, "Hell, I lost a vixen to a ten pound pike this summer when my buddy found it in the reeds two days." Well, there you go. That's living right. Who got um, to keep it? Yeah, hopefully your buddy gave it back to you. Does Retro know the spinnerbait with the flexible arm braided wire? Yeah, I've seen a couple variations of that. I've seen one with a flexible arm with the wire. I've seen it with a plastic arm, sort of that whole thing. I've seen one with a chain. Sure. Um, all different ways to get rid of the, the one thing good about a spinnerbait, the vibration, which is kind of funny. Limbernick said uh, Alan Shad back in the day had a cable design. Yeah, and they've got that for some jigs, actually. Um you can see that there's, there's some of those on the eBay right now. It's got like a yeah, weird the, blade the on crack, it. The clacking, the cranking, I think it's the clacking, cranking wraps. Not super old, but those have quite the following. And hmm. the other stream I was watching that night, those were going for good money. On a stream where I was able to get this B1 for $10, those clacking wraps were going for 20 <laughs> So it all depends. It's like the, the you know, if you have the right audience, um, but like I don't know what else we got to. And I got some older bombers that I you know from my childhood. Ah, uh, the old G finish. Yeah. You know this box of like a bunch of rebel different style the big we and the different. Like here's isn't this like a man's? Oh yeah. 
pig maybe or something. I don't know. I think that I was gonna say that's some sort of a yep. Yeah. I think that's a Cordell. That is a Cordell. It's a deep big O right there. Yeah. yeah. An older spot. So that is a Norman. Actually. Oh, actually, that's a Norman. Okay, yeah. maybe that's a yeah. Norman's got the double uh, fins. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I feel like this one's got the just the color of that chartreuse is just kind of shows it a little bit. Yeah, I like that. That's actually nice. That's a deep, deep we are. I think is that without it or deep something rebel deep R or whatever. That's okay, like. yeah, I can't tell. Sometimes the rebels and the cordels confuse me. My eyesight's not as good as it used to when it comes to deep mini R. I don't know. Okay. Huh. So, I like these are a couple of craw, like kind of classic craw patterns. Yeah, are these Normans? Yeah, I guess so. This, the bottom one's a Rebel. Okay. I'm sure. I'm not sure what this. It looks like a Normie, but I can't tell. It does, but it has, I don't know, like it's got that weird little hiccup in the bill there where it like. Yeah. Not sure exactly what that one is. Well, I'm excited about this whatnot. I, I can't wait to check it out. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like when, uh, like I'm like when Joe Rogan learned from like Tom Green how to do like a podcast or something. I don't know. This could be a whole What's new that? thing. Like Joe Rogan discovered how to do podcasting from Tom Green years ago before he did the whole Joe Rogan podcast. Right. And I feel like, I feel like this is a whole new thing. I'm very excited to learn about it. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Tim says that's a deep little N. All right, so that's what that crowd at was the deep. Right, AJ says it's a deep little N. Probably will find itself on a future whatnot. I don't, I'm not particularly attached. Um, yeah, lazy Ike bait. I actually sold something that kind of looked like a lazy Ike or a flatfish, a little bit of like a hair tail on it the other day that I didn't know what it was. Hmm. So it looked like a flatfish or lazy Ike, but it had like a little bucktail sticking out of its looked like deer hair, and I I didn't know what it was. Yeah, you see uh, on whatnot, you're seeing a lot of mud bugs and a lot of jitter bugs right now. Uh, but there's a mud bug. See that dot? Hmm. Yeah. So that's a scent cavity. So if you want to add cavity, if you wanted to add scent to your mud bug and increase its catchability, it... I don't well, know Tim, why if you'd that like would that work. Deep end, feel free to slide into my Instagram DMs. You can have. You can. <laughs> Oh, what else did I get in this bait? This is a box of. Is there anything? This one's got some bandits in it that I grabbed the other night. There's a whole pile of. How many bandits are in here? So, this one I actually got. Looks like. So, here we have. This was a little lot here. I ended up with. Three Bandit 200s. Hmm. We'll look at those in a second. But I got a... Uh, the signature is a little bit worn off on this build dance. Excal- I'm not sure if this is maybe the maybe the fingerling or... I don't remember exactly what this one's called. The guppy or the fingerling or something like that. But that's got that nice just olive, mm-hmm. whatever, like Tennessee shad. That's, that, that's a fish catcher there. Um, 
but then I got these uh, three white bombers. But oh, you can yeah. see there's they got the the tiny little beady eyes, the EWG hooks, and that overpainted uh, lip. Not well overpainted bills. This one somebody put a little uh, if they got wild with a uh, a spike it die pen, but uh, yeah. If Dustin Taylor is listening at work, he's probably wishing he's he's probably wanting to comment, but he can't comment when he's at work. But so, <laughs> Clay says he'd like to get all of the signature bombers and put them in a shadow box. That would be cool. Yeah, I was thinking it was a fingerling or a junior. Mm. Uh, Matt says he's got a spiderware spinning reel around here somewhere. Tim says he's got about 200 deep little ends. Nice. I feel like the fat wrap was a little bit, I mean, the fat wrap was more of a a rounder, longer body a little bit, but I would assume they would hit different depths of water. Mm-hmm. These are a couple of lucky crafts I got, but they're nothing crazy. But, but yeah, you could you could draw that comparison. What's that? You could draw that comparison of a fat wrap. I mean, wart. it's fun to open baits regardless, isn't it? Right? Like, but I guess like some of these Lucky Crafts, these like the ones I got the other night are probably from like the 2000s. I think these are more, this might be more bandits here. I, I don't, you get on whatnot late at night and you kind of forget how many auctions you won. And then <laughs> I actually thought this was a good one. Actually, now, now after seeing this, like, there was somebody else that was bidding on one that was like a baby bass, but uh, I thought this was a good-looking fire tiger wow. bandit there. It's got the triple grips on it. It has the slightly newer eyes mm-hmm. and not particularly... But you can tell it's just got a little rough finish, but like, yeah, it's got the triple grips on it. And this one's not a particularly great color, but again, small eyes, the paint job, like... I don't know if somebody would want that one, but otherwise it'd be a great candidate for a repaint for the people that like the uh, the older bandits. Let's see, this looks like a flat, like a sea-meaty flat, maybe? Lucky crab? Kind of a matte chartreuse black back. That's a... Uh, oh. Yeah, flat CBMR. Nice. Something that like looks like it's straight out of Skeet Reese's tackle box from like yep. 2005 or something. It matches his boat. <laughs> well, hey, my man, I got to bounce. Yeah. Um, but cool. I uh, appreciate you having me on. on. Retro uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I need to get your visor. Get, get yourself settled in on Florida. <laughs> start cranking out some videos. If you guys are watching here and you, for some reason, never checked out Retro, uh, there should be a link down in the description. Otherwise, just search Retro Bassin and check out. If you, if you like this type of content, this is all he does. Like, this is it. <laughs> like some of the stuff we did today was the newer stuff for uh, for your channel, right? So, um, and uh, if you're uh, hanging around, we're going to give away that power and lithium battery here in just a few minutes, but appreciate you coming on, dude. All right, everybody. <laughs> See you guys. All right. Cool. Thanks. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know we we're going head to head with Bass After Dark tonight, but uh, yeah, 
fun show. We're 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 not done yet. Uh, for those watching over at uh, uh, Retro, you can keep hanging on. If he ends up ending his stream on his end, you can you can hop over to Hellabass. Um, but uh, yeah, here's another MS American Shad Lucky Craft CB250 I picked up. Um, but I'm going to run a quick little uh, video here, and then when we come back, we're going to give away that powerhouse lithium. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hellabass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. All right, we're back. Thanks for taking that 30 seconds. We're gonna, yeah, talk about what everybody else wants to talk about. Yeah, we uh, we have a uh, we've had a little ongoing series here, and it's gonna be the uh, the final conclusion tonight here. Um, giving away a, a powerhouse lithium sixteen volt forty eight amp hour package. Um, Clay, what is Bass After Dark? It's a great show to listen to on replay on nights where I'm live the next day. Uh, so yeah, what do we, uh, let's just, for the people that are maybe haven't been following along, I'm just going to pop up the powerhouse lithium here, show what people are about to win. It's this, uh, come on, uh, powerhouse lithium 16 volt, 48 amp hour deep cycle battery. Um, should run two 12 inch graphs, a live scope, and a box all day. <clears throat> and it comes with a charger, so it's about $700 value, courtesy of Powerhouse Lithium. And if you didn't think they were boosting the show, this should be uh, a pretty good uh, proof that they are boosting the show. So, who's in it? Let's talk about this. Um, and if you don't win or you think you're interested in this, there is a code HP10 and a link down in the description if you'd like to check out Powerhouse Lithium. Um, check them out. Let's see here. Where's my list here? Do, 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 do. All right. So, yeah. So, if you're new here, this is the kind of crazy stuff that we can uh, sometimes give away here, give back. So, these are the people that made it this far for the giveaway. Uh, and based on their bonus entries. So, we started, you had to become a channel member. You had to make an order from Omnia using my discount code, which I'll throw that up on the bottom of the screen for those that don't know. If you've never checked out Omnia, there's a discount code on the bottom of the screen there. They'll save you 15%. Um, and then we had a couple rounds of trivia, Hellabass trivia, which the last week we did those two shows. And uh, based on those bonus entries earned in those trivia shows, here are the standings. Uh, there's basically 99 total entries across 14 of you. Um, Dustin and Nick have the most. So they have basically an 11.1% chance of winning. And uh, and then Ralph, who wasn't able to make trivia, he's got a one percent chance, and then everybody falls into that. Most everybody else is between four and nine percent chance at a seven hundred dollar uh, charger and battery package. Uh, Brian said it was fun getting here. Uh, yeah, that's right. The mole is not getting this battery, 
no batteries from moles. Um, I think, Carol, the replays on the trivias will be entertaining if you want to go back and listen to them, or if you already have, they were pretty fun. Uh, David says he thinks it's going to be Nick. Okay. Clay says Dax wins it. So what we're going to do now is I have everybody listed with their entries. Maybe change the screen so you can see it here. Uh, basically, no particular order. Everybody's name assigns a block of numbers here, and I'm going to go to a random number generator, 1 through 99. Uh, and we're going to hit a number, and some of you are going to find out who's going to win the powerhouse tonight. So random number generator. So we use the Google. Do we trust the Google one, or do we go to random.org? So we could use the Google one, or we could go to random.org, which I've used before. Any preference by the chat? Do we trust the Google one or the uh, random.org generator? What's up, Tyler? Random? Random.org? Google. <laughs> let's, do a, let's do a quick little poll here. What's the... Uh, what do we what do you think the most reliable one here? I'm gonna do a little YouTube chat here. Uh better random generator random.org or Google. Who do we trust more? Start a poll, give it about a minute or two, see what we get here. Most people are saying random. The random.org but uh we'll see so it looks like it's 50 50 random.org taking the lead here way to drag it out pick one Are you, is the suspense killing you gravy uh punch you're not eligible you didn't uh make any of the first steps so you're not eligible there's only 14 people that have a chance to win the battery tonight wouldn't it be funny if i went to to uh run it and then we ran an ad and you couldn't see yeah if anybody could win it without being on the list it would be carol all right seems like random.org is the choice all right do, 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 do. all right we want one to 99 this is going to create a result and identify we'll go down the list and see who won that is really <laughs> one is the number. Do you guys remember who was at the top of the list? I do. Um, Brian K is the winner. Brian Kasperzak. Congratulations on your 16 volt and charger kit for $700. Now you just need a live scope. Brian, <laughs> you are the winner. Al, it's rigged. I don't know how to unrig it any more than we did. So congratulations. I'll get uh, your shipping information and we'll get it shipped out from Powerhouse Lithium. Congratulations uh, on the $700 battery package from Powerhouse Lithium. Hope you guys run it three times. A best, best of three, best of five. Uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, RJ said you were supposed to win. 
Yeah, or you can sell it and then buy a live scope and then rebuy the battery. I don't know, right there. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, it was a fun journey getting there. But uh, there you go. So I don't know what else we want to talk about. I am going to uh, just, I, I plan on running two whatnot streams this weekend. Probably one on Saturday evening and one at Sunday during the day. So if you guys are interested, uh, check out those shows. I can put up a link here in the chat. If you want to click that, you can follow me on there. And um, uh, I'll have a couple shows. Probably have a bunch of cool baits. You know, I got like some baits here. Like I got an Arashi square bill that I'm going to throw up. I just came across this discontinued color DT6 that I'm going to throw up. Probably maybe some of these bandits, maybe some of these lucky crafts. I've got some uh, mega bass pop maxes that I'm going to probably start at like five bucks or a dollar. Um, these lucky crafts, I can probably start at like five bucks. Um, I don't know. There'll be some cool stuff this weekend on the whatnot. Um, so if you want to check that out, otherwise just watch along on YouTube. It'll be co-brand on youtube and facebook and you can just watch the lures from the city like like clay clay likes to watch whatnot streams from the safety of youtube so he doesn't actually bid on anything but it didn't feel super random when it picked number one but i guess that is random uh so but uh nick says uh gonna love it he's got the 60 amp hour version <laughs> yeah no problem yeah, so I don't know if anybody's got any questions. Uh, we had all the tournament weekends. I actually just recorded a show with Kurt Dove at Bass Edge, so there'll be a show coming out uh, where we kind of re recap the tournament action from the MPFL and the BPT and the Bassmaster Open. That'll be on Bass Edge Radio um, coming out soon. And then, uh, yeah, who's the guest? It was uh, it's escaping me. The uh, Easton beat him in the uh, college shootout. The uh, uh, what is this? Uh, da, 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 da. Why am I mistaken? My Tucker Smith. Tucker Smith is on the show tonight. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, the first Bass Nation qualifier is going on right now. Uh, Adam Resmussen, uh, from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, is uh, leading that going into day three so he's got uh like basically i think the top i don't know how many people make the cut but i think the top 20 or 25 get to go to the national championship so a list of potential aj's boaters starting to form here for day one of the championship uh brock Bielek, south dakota nebraska guy i think fishes the opens or did uh, jamie bruce uh canada guy does some of did some of the opens in the past uh, Travis Luger, pretty well-known angler from Virginia. Mm, Dale Hightower, former Elite Series angler. Shea Baker, uh, former Bassmaster writer and a few other things. Um, so I'm not sure how far they go down the list here to fish day three. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. I'll be fishing this one, version of this in uh, May in lacrosse. Gravy says, Bateman is sending you a package from me. Thought you could be bribed. Ah, uh, well, it didn't get here in time. That was where you went wrong. Uh, how to get a team register for tomorrow. Yeah, I did struggle with that. I'll pull that up. I can probably show you that right now. Um, yeah, 
I struggle with this, but I know what you're talking about. Let me help you out here. Um, so you get to this page. These are the results from the last time. But when you go to fantasy fishing, you keep looking down here to submit a team. You want to click up here, Bass Pundit. And tonight is the last night to get your team in for the Sam Rayburn Invitationals. And then you got to kind of wait. It loads super slow. And then you can fill out this and hit next page, and that'll allow you to fill out a team, Bass Pundit. Hopefully that helps. But it's not super intuitive to look up here to hit the play button. Oh, that's a good reminder. I need to make the spreadsheet for Drain the Lake. Let me write that down as a to-do action. Um. Still got some time. Still got two weeks. I can get that drain the lake planner done. Good point. I'll get that and, th and I'll send that link out to the members. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe that MLF fantasy fishing got worse, but it absolutely has. Um, I don't remember who I picked in this, honestly, uh, because I'm not doing videos and because the prizes suck and the game sucks. I'm spending very, I'm like going down the list, picking a few guys and getting out of there. Um, it, it to properly plan out during the lake, it, it should take uh, at least I don't know if it takes two days, but you should probably sit down and spend at least 30 minutes on it. Uh, so that that might be the extent of our uh MLF coverage for the year. Bass Pond is uh, telling figuring you how to, to get your roster submitted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else is going on? Any other questions tonight? We've been on about, what, an hour and a half? Maybe Bass After Dark is finally finished up. People start trickling in here. <laughs> so, yes, tonight, Thursday stream, probably a Saturday and Sunday, whatnot. And then hopefully we get back on a regular schedule next week. I don't know if that'll be Wednesday or Thursday. AM is a very dark horse pick. You have to find out who Alex Morrison. Is that who you're talking about? Not very dark horse. If you're talking about the guy that blew away the Toyota from New York uh, on Sam Rayburn last year and caught a share longer in practice because that's not dark horse, Nate. And he, I definitely picked him. <laughs> Come on. This is an amateur hour fantasy fishing. Um, probably before the Super Bowl. So I think sat Saturday, probably like six, seven, eight o'clock on Saturday night, we'll do a show, and then maybe like eleven thirty in the morning or something like that on Sunday. Favorite all-time Bassmaster show full-length episode. Oof. I don't know. That's hard to pick. A couple that come to mind that I think very fondly of that I that stick out. Uh the Zell Roland win on Gunnersville. I remember being really good and really enjoying that. Like that one, like I always have a soft spot in my mind for docks and jigs and watching him win. Now I think that was yours, uh wasn't that uh Big Mama event as well, right? Uh your uh Shimizu. Um and let's see, you know, I, I feel like Clear Lake is a good one. Um, hmm, like the Kennedy Clear Lake. 
there's it's hard to narrow it down. Those early Amistad ones were really good. Hmm. Yeah, that's a couple. I don't know. Hard to pick a favorite clay, but good question. Uh, good night, gravy or FLW. Hmm. I'm trying to remember, and I, I back in the day, FLW definitely probably had some of the edge. Some of their tournaments, the production level. Uh, I think when JM Associates first started doing. FLW, some of those were really, really well done. I'm trying to remember that some of that stick out though. Uh, Cox is going to Cox did not do that great on Toledo Bend. Toledo Bend was definitely more of a winter style event. It didn't really feel pre-spawn. So we'll see if this warm snap in Texas gets those Rayburn bass on a pre-spawn. If not, then it's going to be a scope fest, and hopefully it's not a scope fest because scope fests are boring to watch. Uh, do we care who wins the Super Bowl? Uh, I'll probably read for the Niners, but I don't really care. Um, I haven't watched the full video, but I've seen some screenshots, right? Doesn't he have the, the Ricky Bobby vibe? Uh, Ninety-seven FLW Kerr Lake Part One and Part Two. Shuffield wins Rayburn. I'd like to see it warm up so at least the people that aren't full scopers can stay in the mix and keep it an interesting tournament versus that Toledo Bend where basically the top 10 was all scopers. Now a five fish, I feel like evens the playing field quite a bit potentially. Cause like, right. Like I mentioned this on the show with Kurt Dove is like, if Toledo Bend was a five fish tournament, Cliff Crochet's 11 pounder is relevant regardless if he catches four or five fish the first day, like it puts them in the mix. And the every fish count literally made an 11 pounder irrelevant in that tournament. And that there is something fundamentally wrong with that. And I, and I feel like that in the runaway where like when, when, when Dustin canal got up by like 40 pounds, I don't know. Um, I feel like we're, I saw Cade was out on the river already. Uh, Oh, interesting news. I think I'm picking my boat up tomorrow. Finally. And maybe this water will open up and maybe we'll be bass fishing in February or March uh, on these border states. Maybe I'll be meeting AJ at Okaboji uh, in early March before the classic. We'll see. We should have a fantasy draft rather than pick every event. Yeah. Actually, I was in a league last year where I did that and I haven't heard anything, but I won it. I, I, uh, I did a fantasy draft. I was in a league with like Matt Pangrak and a couple other guys, or it was probably like 10 guys, and I uh, went wire to wire in that. So it's a fun way. To, like, we picked six anglers. We had to start five of them every week, and then you could make roster changes throughout the year. Um, there was enough guys in the league that there was probably 30, 40 guys that were uh, on the kind of the, the bench every year. Um, so... Yeah, that's another fun way to play it. Last year, my uh, my my let's see, my my opening roster was uh, I had Drew Cook, I had Tyler Rivette, which was like my fifth or sixth round pick, which ended up being a steal. Uh, those two. Oh, I had uh, Oki, guy that runs the hardware store. Palmer, Luke Palmer was on my team. I just had a bunch of guys that were just like super like 
consistent top 50, top 20 guys. I'm struggling. Oh, man, I don't know. I could probably find it. Like on my uh, my Google Sheets. I'm sure I had a Google Sheet for this. But uh, yeah, I put a, I put together a solid team. Everybody's in the chat thought Panger was going to walk away with it, and I and I crushed Matt Panger's soul in that league. So, um, is this area here. Uh, oh, I had Brock Mosley and Patrick Walters. So, w- Mosley, Cook, Palmer, Walters, and Rivette. And I had one other guy that ended up swapping in Alex Redwine to finish the, the Northern Swing. Uh, Gosh, who was the guy? Is uh, a cranker. Uh, Mullins. David Mullins was on my open uh, roster. I don't know that I ever started him because he got off to a bad start that year. Um, but yeah. It definitely was like 50 and raining today. Uh, Spencer, Aubert, they're both good guys to look at. I mean, Spencer also said that he was going to crush everybody on the final day. Um I didn't order any t- haymaker hooks from TW. I got lazy and didn't do it. Uh... Yeah, ice out in Michigan. I can believe that. Michigan is surprisingly south of us and surprisingly warmer than we are. Yeah, it's just a lot of work for the, the person that puts it on to do these little leagues and, and track them. Uh, the good old days are behind us for uh, bass fishing. Yeah, I don't know. It might be. I honestly wish that uh, MPFL did more coverage and made it more accessible because their tournament very much was not a scope fest. There was actually a lot of shallow to mid depth cranking on Logan Martin. Uh, to to for the most of the guys. I mean, David Fritz cashed a nice check in the Logan Martin event. If that tells you anything, Snag was Dudley's co angler. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. The prizes are pretty small. Actually, Tackle Warehouse is backing some of the prizes. So the guys that'll win at the end will get a nice, probably hefty pack from Tackle Warehouse. But it's like the fact that I couldn't even create a league and give away prizes kind of bummed me out. I don't know. Yeah. I think we're good. I feel like the questions have kind of petered out here. Way back then, Jim Bob asked me why I don't just wear a ball cap. It's because my head's too big for ball caps. Um Dudley was a whole buzzer to Barry Bolton with Sprague as his calling. It was quite the sight knowing what we know now. Yeah, I bet. What baits was I throwing? that? So in 2010, in the morning, I started on like a little bare spot in the weeds to kind of make a little high spot. I'm pretty sure I was throwing 
a mojo rig with probably like a baby ring fry. Pretty sure that's what I was throwing in the morning on that uh, offshore spot. And then when I went to the docks, I was probably throwing a true tungsten, like three eighths or half ounce jig with the old hydro silk skirt. Probably just like a yum chunk on the back would be my guess. And then I think I was also flipping a Reaction Innovations beaver, like a green pumpkin or something like that with like maybe like a three eighths or half ounce weight. Um, and then I, when I got into shallow grass and pads, I was also flipping that beaver. So it was probably like pretty much three baits. I was throwing like a mojo rig offshore and then docks around jigs. And if I got around shallow grass, I was pitching a beaver with a definitely a true tungsten, uh, tungsten pegged weight, probably with a smart peg even back then. Uh, Nate, I'm thinking I'm doing a show on Saturday. It's there's one scheduled for Sunday. I will probably pull that one to Saturday and then pull one of the other ones I got scheduled out further to Sunday. So I think I'm probably going to do like a evening Saturday and a midday Sunday show. Yeah, the thing is, there's almost nothing in the boat because I had to pull my tackle out to fish those last two tournaments. So, um, yeah, kind of put things back and reorganize. There's Dustin. A version of the wiggle wart that was in a dam that was a dam wiggle oh in a storm box. Hmm. Actually, we saw that uh, one of those uh, on a whatnot stream not too long ago. What color beaver? If I had to guess, one of my go-tos back then was that watermelon green pumpkin laminate. If that would be the most likely one that I was flipping, but I can't 100% for sure say. There's not a lot of video evidence up close back then there could be you know i have i used to i had a bassin blog which still exists now that we're down a rabbit hole let me see if i can okay this is this is pretty interesting here since you asked clay so Back in the day before I was doing YouTube, my uh, I had a, a thing called Rich's Bassin Blog, uh, and it's it looks different now, but I, I carried it and migrated it over. So here's my September 14, 2010. Um, overall, I had a productive pre-practice with official practice, but there were days where I struggled and days that I got really good bites. With that being said, so there would have been pictures of baits that just didn't carry over through the years. I could see snares in my mind where I could bust big bags and where I could struggle to put together a decent limit. Before a few pictures, some good fish for official practice. Uh, here's one that I caught, evidently a practice fish on a chartreuse blue Ema Rock and Vibe lipless crankbait. Uh, I caught a pretty good one, close to 20 inches, on a football jig with a Burton Craw, which was kind of like a super speed craw, but it was kind of a hand poured thing. Okay, so I was a little bit wrong. Day one, boat dry was 30. I headed to a 10 to 12 foot rock spot. Uh, after a few casts, I hooked up with a nearly three pound fish that I jumped off a boat length from the boat. Then I switched to a three and a quarter ounce Picasso fantasy football jig, which was owned by Harder, uh, Fish Harder, True Tungsten Company. Uh, I had the Burton Craw on that. Then I boated a three pound fish on another salt kipper pretty quick. Uh, partner got a fish on a drop shot. I got a few more bites. Uh, they just weren't eating it. So then I dead sticked a four inch baby ring fry on a mojo rig while I tied up another half ounce football jig. 
the small bait sitting dead still on the bottom was too much for a big old pig to resist. Uh, net what I thought was a four and a half pound bluey. Uh, it ended up being almost six pounds at the scales. I didn't misjudge the fish. Got another keeper in the boat on the motor rig, decided to leave and conserve those fish for day two. Ran a handful of deep spots, got no more bites. Uh, dashed to some windswept docks, put a two and a half pound fish on the two tungsten jig, then filled my limit. Feeling pretty good with my bag, I decided to make the long idle back in some darker water to fish more boat docks. So I went up into like the, the dark water, uh, the like, uh, what is it called? Uh, black in west and those lakes up there so during those long idols i made the status update for my blackberry twitter app (laughs) uh we made a bunch of shallow cover in the 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 dirty water catching a lot of small fish partner got his limit i caught a couple of good bites uh flipping a beaver bait half ounce true tungsten on a maforat mahachi hook i do not did not call out the color here clay uh we decided to roll the dice, tried some bigger fish in Maxwell and North Arm. The gamble didn't pay off. Ended up the day in first with 17 and a half pounds. Third biggest fish was up tipping the scale at almost six pounds. Day two or day one went pretty darn well, uh, leading the tournament. Was up late. So I fell asleep watching the Vikes play the Saints. I was up until after midnight prepping tackle. Boat 54. Ran to my first spot. Two-pound fish on the football jig. But that was the only fish on that spot. Went to those docks that I showed in the video. Uh, fished those docks slower with two tungsten jigs and a beaver. Got my limit. Uh, partner got a couple fish. Bounced around. Uh, tweeted about the day two struggles. Got some flipping beaver and some co- dirty meal fall. Got a two pound fish. With two hours to go, I ran to the east side of the lake fishing Wyzetta, St. Albums, and around Big Island and never got a bite. Idled in the Fletchers from Crystal. Feeling pretty bummed uh, about my weight. Was hoping it was enough to keep me in the top 12. Obviously, the year before, I fell out of the top 12. Uh, I had 10 and a half, 10 and a quarter pounds, not the 8 to 9 that I thought. Put me in first place. Then we go into the DQ story. Lesson learned. So... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you think of that. I used to document them in quite detail before I did videos, Clay. Uh, in 2010, I bet you it was like the MLS 522 was on my boat. If I had to guess. Yeah, I guess I was using my dad's boat. I don't, He had those bigger Lowrance. They were probably not color. I bet you they were like black and white or single color. Um Uh, last time I played volleyball in any kind of league was like 2001 when I graduated college. I played in club volleyball, and I played in some like rec pickup games after that, but I never joined any kind of league. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why I write for fantasy fishing these days. The BlackBerry update was the kiss of death. Yeah. I mean, this came out after the tournament, right? This came out probably a few days after the tournament. The tournament director was, I think that's even, was the Razor even out back then, Kyle? Yeah, this would have been after the tournament, but there you go. So if you really ever want to get in the wormhole, there are, 
uh, there's a decade of like blog entries <laughs> on richlinger.com that could be searched but yeah that, that that's what that's that's kind of the uh the precursor to to where we are now of live streaming and, and tournament videos and and that kind of stuff yeah i i <laughs> Podcast line. I mean, he, he does a great job, but his uh, he he could needs more practice managing chat and staying relevant with the chat. If I ever make it big, maybe there is a hella documentary there, but I got to do something more interesting to make it worth it, Clay. I mean, anything cool, right? Like. There's a lot of cool stuff that, like, right? I don't know if my kids or my grandkids ever think it'd be interesting to look it up. There would be a lot of archives there to dig into. Between this and the YouTube channel, there is, and I mean, most of it's all fishing. So uh, it's a little, it's very tunnel vision and one. <laughs> yeah. I I love how Todd's uh, live streams start mid sentence of some conversation they have. And he's like, oh, I should probably just go live now. <laughs> Cracks me up. But I mean, he's clearly doing a good job. His channel, and I mean, you can't knock his fishing. And uh... thank you, Clay. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, being a pioneer of the auto documentary. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll shout the visor gang out on the the Bassmaster stage. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen the new uh, the Hella Bass twenty four stickers, those are available. You can find those in the Buy It Now shop of the uh, the whatnot. Otherwise, you can send me a message if you're a member, uh, and I'll send you some. But ten o'clock, covered some ground tonight. Um, Dustin, you can fish as many Bass Nation regionals as you want. Obviously, you can't get in the follow one because that one just happened. But as far as I know, lacrosse is not full, and I would venture to guess that Fort Gibson's not full, and I don't know about Champlain. Yes, did you not watch the video, Steerman? There is clear. I have my. Uh, I actually almost put this visor on. Um tonight the one that i was wearing in this video um let me pull it up i feel like you guys are doing what i do to tk where i'm trying to sign off and then you guys keep asking questions to extend the stream are you are you guys doing what i do are you are you playing me um yeah let's see here let's get the I thought I just saw it. There it is. See that? Camo True Tungsten Homemade Visor, Travis. 2010. Documented. Triton Gold, Bass Tackle Depot, Secret Weapon Lures. Yeah, I'm not just like some fake poser that just... I mean, check out those camo cargo shorts 
Yeah, even on the water. Well, I had a beanie on. True tungsten beanie here. Looks like I didn't have it over my look at see, like you can see clearly why things don't fit. Look at that dome. Like there's a reason that regular hats don't. look at the thing is like about to burst at the seams trying to cover that. True tungsten hoodie. Man. Those were the days. Am I right? Uh, I haven't finished that podcast. I only started listening. I, I got to the point. I got busy. Work is expecting me to work during the days, which is really annoying. <clears throat> um, I only got to the point where they were talking about like, you know, the plus minus two. What's a inconclusive with the pass? That stuff. So I haven't really got into the details of it. Uh, Practice. Dustin, we're talking about practice. Um, Eric said he and Wheeler were teammates last year. DT3 Slims for the whatnot. Mm. You're talking about the... Uh, I, don't I sold a bunch of those on like I don't remember where I sold those. I have a few. I mean, I have some, but I don't think I was going to sell these. I think I know what you're talking about. And I don't think they're the. They're not they're the DT flats, not the DT slims, right? I think what they're technically called. That's the seven. These all sevens. See, these are all, I got a bunch of the sevens. I don't know that I have the threes. I got the ones with the coffins, which are the the sevens. I don't know if I have the threes. If I did, I sold them. I don't see any in here. We could show off AJ's. Nebraska craw on a DT6. Some some sex appeal there on a DT6. Yeah, I don't think I have any of the uh the, the flat threes. <clears throat> I do. They're more like athletic shorts, not cargo shorts, but they are camo a lot. Any lipless for sale? Uh, got a couple of uh, some red eye shads. I think that'll probably be up. Um, I might have some Lucky Craft. Yeah, AJ, who'd you steal that color from? <laughs> Brian restocked with the old horseshoe not that long ago. I'm thinking about having AJ slap some crop patterns on some of these uh, less desirable warts. You might, because I have, or I don't know, like, probably never going to fish that wart in that color. Or like this one. Probably could use some AJ sauce on it. Or like this ratted out chrome one. 
We could have some fresh craw patterns put on some of these OG warts. I mean, so stay tuned. Might see some of that. DeLorean paint jobs. There you go. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining tonight. Uh, if you're interested in the WhatNot streams this weekend, if you came in late, I think there's some fun chatter. You can go back and watch the retro replay. Uh, we'll figure out a different guest. We'll probably start talking like previewing the Elite Series next week. Um, and uh, congratulations, Brian, on the Powerhouse Lithium. If you guys want to get yours, HB10, they also carry them at Omnia. Appreciate everybody hanging out with me tonight. Makes it super fun. Look forward to these streams every week. You guys all be good. Here to help you catch more big bass and suck less. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>